Better, smarter, faster. The future of connected healthcare relies on a powerful digital ecosystem and robust neural network to drive better diagnostics, intelligent operations, and seamless care anywhere. Join us as we talk to the experts about transformational roadmaps for this evolving landscape. What's working, what's needed, and how we get there together. Welcome to Healthcare On Air, presented by Verizon. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Healthcare On Air by Verizon. I'm your host, Robin Goldsmith, and this week we will be continuing our conversation with Matt Sobolski, where we're looking at trends we saw in 2023 and what we see coming down the line in 2024. Couldn't ask for a better guest in Matt Sobolski to have this conversation. Please enjoy. This idea of humanism, um, I had Dr. Zeb Newert, that that was his on, on the show last episode, and that it was his whole thing was how do we replace all these ageism, all, all the isms out there with humanism. And I think to your point, having that at the center, that patient and clinician focus as a you know key, as the center of everything, we need to keep that in mind. I mean, I, I talk about technology a lot and what it can do for healthcare, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's never going to replace a nurse or a doctor, no. never. It, but given what we're looking at kind of, you know, in the, in now and in the future years with shortages and s- staff dealing w- with what they're dealing with, if we can enable them in a better way and make their lives easier utilizing this technology, which is evolving rapidly, I think that's a, a huge win, but it's never going to re- replace those folks. There no, this- I mean, Topol, Eric Topol says that in his books and he says in his talks, um, a lot of leaders that are very impassioned about digital health make it a point to include that. To me, that's also part of tech equity, is not mistaking that these products that do create dollars, right, and value, um, their chief aim is doing good for people. Uh, And keeping that in the forefront of our conversations always really helps to to keep us grounded in what are we doing here, really. Uh, But yeah, that's going to be a big topic of conversation for 24, value-based care, AI machine learning, tech equity, uh, digital health, what are we doing with these dollars? Who's the winner here? Who's won, yeah. right? Patients, hopefully, right? I'm, I would like to say, obviously, but you know, there's some winners out here and there's there's going to be some losers in any market that is as robust and aggressive as digital health has been in three years. You know, I claimed to do digital health or I called it virtual care before COVID. And I can tell you that my uh, phone got a little dusty before COVID. And once <laughs> COVID hit, I was the coolest kid on the block. But, you know, that before that, I was I was out of touch. You know, I'm studying the wrong things. I'm applying myself to the wrong things. And now our future is why are you going to go to the clinic if you can do it at home? Yeah. I mean, that's becoming a lot more common. And it's funny that we're just now there, to be honest yeah. with you. I think it, you and a few now billion dollar companies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely not the only one in the stadium quite, now. Yeah. Quite some time before before they uh, came into their own. So. And we were talking earlier, you, you kind of foresee a little bit of a reckoning for digital health and, and the players out there. What do you think is going to happen? I'll tell you what I, why it's a reckoning. Um, the most low-hanging fruit for any time I do a talk is talk about COVID-19. Anytime someone says, Matt, what's your prediction about this? Or what do you think about that? Throw in something about COVID-19. Well, guess what? There's some distance now between COVID-A and COVID-now. We have therapeutics. We have vaccines. The CFR has dropped below 1%, thank goodness, 0.01, I think. 
Um, not to say it's not a deadly it, it dangerous. Seems like it. Seems like friends of mine are, have gotten it recently. <laughs> a lot of people are getting sick, yeah. but the way we're treating it, which is to be criticized, I just want to say it's open to criticism. But the cultural norms for COVID have changed so much that people are willing to leave the house and go to a clinic and go to a hospital. So the reckoning comes from how separate are we going to continue to be with something like COVID? Not to say the risk of the pandemic is gone, not to say that it won't exacerbate itself like it's like its own anthropomorphized being, and not to say there won't be another pandemic later. But what is to say is the tools and business plans of us being so separate before is starting to go away. So now it's why aren't people going to a place to receive care as we have done traditionally when we really didn't do that aggressively for only two and a half years out of the last over hundred when, you know, it's for modern healthcare. Yeah. That to me is sort of the biggest uh, sort of cliff we're all headed towards here when it comes to the valuation of a digital health company or a digital health tool. Now I'll tell you one other thing that I think is going to be the key to reckoning with digital health, which has everything to do with the American consumer. Americans love convenience. We love it. Yeah. Our, we'll have a kitchen full of packages and, <laughs> and wrappers because it was convenient, right? Versus recycling or just having a basket of fruit and vegetables. You know, we love convenience. Uh, convenience, I think, is the win for a lot of digital health. Even if I can go to the clinic or I can go to CVS or Walgreens, why do I have to if I can have it at my front door? Um, so those two things, I think, are, in my mind, two big variables to consider. What's the consumer sentiment to convenience with digital health? And what's the consumer sentiment to safety when it comes to something like COVID-19 that rightly changed the way we operated in healthcare and changed how consumers, families, and communities operated with themselves when it came to taking care of themselves. That's yeah. kind of macro, but I do think it's two important things. Let me, let me put the lens back on you. I do think it's a reckoning for digital health. Do you, and what parts of digital health do you think are we going to have to consider? Yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, getting funding and, and staying, standing a company up used to be, I mean, I, God knows how many thousands of them were stood up, but I think now it's to Ann Snowden's point, which I loved, does it add value? Does it make an impact? I forget her exact terminology, but, and then adoption, right? I, I speak to a lot of companies and they, they just don't have the adoption patients utilizing their platform. I think it's going to be, yeah. do point. you have a, a, a critical mass of patients that have adopted this to then go and, 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 you know, accelerate and get bigger, potentially get bought out. But, you know, having a few smaller sample size, I just don't think cut, cuts it anymore. But to your earlier point, the, these large retailers and those folks, I think they're, you know, we've seen, you know, many, many acquisitions from from all the big players in retail healthcare to exactly your point. I think they realize that consumers want ease of use, ease of access, home delivery, Amazon, you know, all the Amazon's effort, et cetera. I think that's a big realization that's happened. That's just been, we're seeing in real time. Oh yeah. With, with all those, you know, with all, everything we saw last year, I can't, I try, I watched someone who made a list. It was on LinkedIn. Someone made a list of mergers and acquisitions and it was, I couldn't believe that all happened in one year. I just, wow. it, you might've posted it, but looking at last year and then looking to this year, 
do you see the same kind of, you know, these big deals happening in healthcare again this year? Well, yes. Uh, you know, back to one point you made the one medical acquisition and then yeah. promotion that's going on along with partnership with Omada that was recent, right. For chronic conditions. Um, and MA action, you know, I was at JPM Health uh, this month, which was eye-opening. It was my first time. Thank you, everyone, for inviting me to your parties. I hope you get to, I hope you invite me next year too. I had a great time. Uh, but that was actually my favorite outside of the talks because there's this real authentic sort of we're off stage. Let's talk about what we see happening here. And it's people with capital, right? So it's like, where's the return? Where's the value? Um there was a lot of optimism and a lot of conversations about M&As that were already in process this month, especially in healthcare and digital health. So yeah, I, I, I think it's going to still start happening, although, and I'm no expert on you know the sensitivity of markets, but I think there's a long way to go, of course, in 24. Um, but hopefully, you know, with what's been announced with uh, interest rates for the year, what companies are reporting, employment statistics that are continuing and consumers looking at spending continuously outside of some particular uh, sectors. Um, I do think healthcare is digital health is poised for a pretty good year when it comes to M&A um, sort of action that starts to occur, right? Like who's got a product service or device that fits into a business plan that might be worthwhile. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of optimistic at seeing that, but yeah, JPM health, a lot of conversations and I, I'm being vague on purpose here, just out of respect, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's some optimism. All right, Matt, one last question for you. Um, so 2024 is, if you could pick one thing you're most excited to seeing come to fruition, um, it can be, you know, an overarching initiative. It can be a specific product, a specific trend you're seeing, anything yeah. kind of top of mind. God, that is a really... That should be like a home run hit for me. <laughs> I should be able to be like, oh, absolutely, it's this thing. Um, you know what? I think it is. I think it is value-based care. I think it's tech applied to value-based care, and that is a ginormous, ginormous yeah. plateau that I'm pointing at in the middle of the desert and saying that's what I'm excited about. But it's an enormous plateau because I think there's a lot of companies sort of tackling it, and I do think there's many definitions of what successful value-based care might be. Mm. Uh, but I mean value-based care in a sense of let's measure how interventions for health change the status of a, of a patient's health. You yep. know, uh, controlled diabetes, controlled hypertension, controlled mental health, anxiety and depression, managing MSK issues, a humongous issue. You know, People over the age of 65, right? They, I think the it's like 60 to 80% have at least two chronic conditions. Yep. And being able to help people get care that actually does the thing that we're claiming it does. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a clinician. I have a lot of friends that are. Um, they get real wiggly in their chair when you start talking about value-based care. And you know what? I get wiggly in my chair too because I don't, have hands-on care for patients. But I do think it's incumbent upon the entire industry, especially digital health, to think very critically about how are we measuring the outcomes of what we're putting out to market, especially when it comes to what the bottom line is clinically, which is healing, 
and quality of life, what healthcare is meant to be. Yeah. Um, that is a bigger reckoning than what we talked about earlier when it came to valuation. The reckoning there is the tools in the hands in the homes of, of patients with wonderful data tools for prediction and forecasting, um, making a measurable change. I, I really want, I'm excited about it. I mean, I, I speak about, I say these things dramatically, but I am really watching that closely because there are dollars tied to it. It's been incentivized now yep. between enterprise and the federal government to do something. I do think we have a lot of talent. We've got a lot of money and a lot of really agile enterprises that are creating tools that are going to move that needle. Uh, and we're going to be able to see the measurement of it. Um, I'm most excited about that. Um, when I was at Oracle Cloud World, Oracle Health, excuse me, the inaugural Oracle Health Conference, one of their leaders said to me, one of the jobs we have with some of our products is knowing where, knowing who's closest to the patient. What they meant when they said that was um, sort of physically, right? Who's closest to the patient in an in a age of shortage of care team yeah. people, right? By the bedside. But what I heard was metaphorically, who is closest to the patient? What's closest to the patient? The measure of value-based care and digital health this year will be firms, enterprises, and products that can be close to the patient. Uh, that person said that to me offhand in a hallway, but it really rang true to me. Even Larry Ellison, when he was speaking about healthcare, talked about bringing down the walled gardens of care so that we can get a great sense of, of the story of the human that's in front of us. And the analogy he used was, you know, across the world uh, for liabilities, for an enterprise or a person, almost all of us exist on some ledger somewhere describing our financial position that can be accessed through references. Uh, we don't have that for healthcare. Mm -hmm. And perhaps this is the year we get it. And I do think that Larry's right. I think that if we can get there with those tools, then we can get a story of somebody and really put pieces together with technology we have to make changes materially to their well-being and their health. I'm most excited about that. To me, it's like some very Ridley Scott type stuff that we're right on the edge of. I hope this is the year that we really see that happen. Yeah. Matt Zabolski, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. It was an absolute pleasure. You dropped some, dropped some great knowledge and gems. So I appreciate it. Um, Thank you all for watching. Until next time, you've been watching Healthcare on Air by Verizon. If you want to access any of our content, you can go wherever you access your podcast, Google, Spotify, Apple, and you can find us on healthcareonair.com. And we'll see you soon.